This is Witness Conference 2014 with Orion Carr. His topic is Think Higher, Reach Higher, Achieve Higher. Um, well, we're going to save time and get straight into the message. The message I'm going to share this morning is um, titled Think Higher, Reach Higher, Achieve Higher. Think Higher, Reach Higher, Achieve Higher. Um, before we begin, I just invite you to please, if you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. Um, if you can, Bible, smartphone, um, sit next to someone who has a Bible, because we're really going to study the Bible today. Um, so bow your heads with me as we pray, and we get straight into the message. So let's bow our heads. Our Father in heaven, we just thank you for another day. Lord, we thank you for just bringing us here safely. We just want to pray um, the prayer of David in Psalm 119, 18. Open thou mine eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. May your Holy Spirit be our guide, and may you teach us from your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let everyone say, Amen. Amen. Now, the concept of this chapter has been taken from evangelism is the chapter entitled, Maintaining High Moral Standards. But we're going to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, reading verses 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, reading verses 19 and 20. And I want you guys to say, Amen, or Amen, when you get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, reading verses 19 and 20. Amen? Amen. The Bible says there, Paul here speaking, he says, What know ye not? I'll just wait for you guys to get there. I know a few people can still hear the pages flicking. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, we there? Amen. The Bible says in verse 19, What know ye not that your body is a what? Is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. If ye are not your own, ye belong to someone else. Now that someone else in verse 20, the Bible says, what does the Bible say in verse 20? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify who? God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So if we are not our own, from verse 20, who are we? We are God's. We are his possession. But why are we his possession? Because he bought us with a price. Listen to the language again. Verse 20, listen to the verse. For ye are what? Bought with a price. What's the very next word? Therefore. What does that mean? Now that you are bought with a price, therefore ye are to glorify who? God. So, there, so based on this principle, based on the fact that you and I are bought with a price, this is one of the great reasons why we are called to glorify God. Are we following? Listen to the verse again. For ye are bought with a price. What's the next word? Therefore. What's therefore? Because you are bought with a price, do what? Glorify God. So a call to glorify God is based on this fact that ye are bought with a price. Amen. Now, my next question is, what kind of price were we bought with? Go to 1 Peter chapter 1, reading verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 1, reading verses 18 and 19. The message is, think higher, reach higher, achieve higher. So the first lesson we learn is that a call to glorify God is based on the fact that we are bought with a price. Amen? Amen. Now the next question is, what kind of price were we bought with or redeemed with? 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Say amen when you're there. Amen. We're studying 
Amen? We're studying. This is not sermonizing. We're studying. 1 Peter 1.18. Notice what the Bible says. For as much as ye were not redeemed with what kind of things? Corruptible things as what? Silver and gold. So what does Paul call corruptible in this verse? Silver and gold. From, from your vain conversation received by, by tradition from your fathers. So Paul is speaking about how we were re... Uh, uh, sorry, this, this passage sorry, is talking about how we were redeemed or the cost or the price of which we were redeemed. And we're being told that we were redeemed with something not corruptible. But what were we redeemed with? Read verse 19. Are we there? Verse 19, but with the precious what? Blood of who? Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, without spot. So we are told that the price we are redeemed with was something more precious than gold or what? Silver. And what was that thing that we were bought with? The precious blood of who? Christ. So not only will we bought with a price and therefore called to glorify God, but the kind of price we are bought with was the price of the blood of Christ himself. An infinite price. Now you might think to yourself, what does this have to do with high moral standards? Go to Isaiah chapter 13. Isaiah 13, reading verse 12. We are bought with a price, therefore we must glorify God. But the kind of price that we are bought with is a price which is more precious than what? Gold or silver. Now, there's something we learn about the price that we will purchase with that helps us to understand the kind of potential that we have as people. As you go there, I want you to hear this quotation, Great Controversy, page 598, paragraph 1. This is why we're studying It says, it is not enough to have good intentions. It is not enough to do what a man thinks is right or what the, listen carefully, or what the minister tells him is right. His own salvation is at stake and he should search the scriptures for himself. Listen to the next part. However strong your convictions may be, however confident you may be that the minister knows what is right, that is not your foundation. So as much as we are here at Witness and there are ministers and leaders and preachers preaching, don't leave this place quoting a minister. That's why we're doing what? Studying. We don't want to become a reflector of another man's thoughts. We want to reflect what who says. God says, amen. So this is why we're trying to study and we're not trying to sermonize. But we're in Isaiah 13 and I want you to come and let us reason together. So we're reasoning this morning. And the next point we're going to reason from is Isaiah 13. Are we there? Isaiah 13, reading verse 12. Notice what God has in mind, what kind of potential he has for humanity. Isaiah chapter 13, the context is dealing with Isaiah seen in prophetic vision, the last days. You read in verse 11, uh, he says, uh, I will punish the world for their evil. And this is talking about the great day of the Lord. But notice God's desire for mankind in the last days. Verse 12, are we there? Listen to the language. I will make a man what? More precious than what? Fine gold, stop there. What kind of price were we bought with? A price more precious than what? Gold. But we also now see that God's desire is to make us more precious than what? Fine gold. Read the next part. Even a man, then the golden wedge of what? Offer. Now, do you notice a similarity? The price 
paid was more precious than what? Gold. But the potential or the desire of God to, to mold us is also what? To be what? More precious than? Are we reasoning? The, what did the, listen to the verse again. Isaiah 13, 12. I will what? Make. What does that mean? Create, mold. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. God wants to recreate us. Now reason with me. I will create or make a man how? More precious than what? Find gold. But when we were bought, we were bought also with a price which is also what? More precious than fine gold. So listen to me carefully. Reason. From understanding the price paid for the purchase, we understand the potential of that purpose. You look like you're not following. The price, listen to me carefully. What was the price? More precious than gold. What's God's desire for man to be? More precious than gold. So the price of the purchase reflects the potential of that purpose. Amen. Listen to this quotation. Gospel Workers, page 291, paragraph 2. Alan White writes this. Many who are qualified to do an excellent work do not become what they might because they attempt a little. Let me say that again. Many who are qualified actually to do an excellent work accomplish little because they attempt a little. Thousands pass through life as if they have no great object for which to live, no high standard to reach. One reason of this, listen carefully, is the low estimate they place upon themselves. So because individuals look at themselves as being of low value, therefore they see themselves of being low potential and they see themselves having low possibilities. And low possibilities means you put forth low effort. And if you put forth low effort and you attempt little, what do you achieve? Little. So the value of Christ dying for us on Calvary gives us an estimate of our lives. And it shows us not only our estimate, but our potential in Christ. And if we see that we were bought with a high what? Price, we also have high what? Potential. And many, because we do not see our high price, we attempt a little. If you do not understand, if we don't understand the high value God has on our lives, we will fail to understand the high what? Potential. Listen to the rest of the quote. Christ paid an infinite price for us. What kind of price? An infinite price. But remember, the price of the purchase reflects what? The potential of that purchase. So when Christ paid an infinite price, what kind of potential do you think Christ has in us if we are in him? Infinite. Listen to the quote. Christ paid an infinite price for us. And according to the price paid, he desires us to value ourselves. So Christ pays a price more precious than fine gold, and at the same time, he says, that price I paid reflects what I want to do with you. Are you following? Make me get excited by myself. (laughs) I will make a man more what? Precious than fine gold. What's What's point number one? Point number one is this. 
The high price of the purchase of Christ reflects the high potential of that thing he purchased, which is who? Us. We're talking about high standards. One of the first things we find that leads us to understand high standards is because Christ paid a high price, and therefore we have high potential in him. Are you following? Amen. Now, my next question is this. Once we recognize that we have high potential in Christ, what does that do to us? Go to Philippians chapter 3, reading verse 13 and 14. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Please think and reason with us. The, last, the, 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 the most tragic thing that could happen is that we come this whole weekend and we hear a whole bunch of great sermons and messages, but we haven't been thinking. And we leave here reflecting what our favorite pastor said or our fa- favorite preacher, not knowing what the Bible says. So this is why we must study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen and workwomen that do not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But in order to do that, we must reason and think. So we're reasoning this morning. Is that okay? Amen. Philippians 3, are we there? Philippians 3, reading verse 13. Point one, the high price of the purchase of sinners reflects the high potential of that purpose in Christ. The fact that Christ paid so much tells us that we can become what? So much. Notice Philippians 3. Notice what we find here is a result. When we recognize our high calling in God, notice what it does to our motives. Verse 13, are we there? Read Verse 13, the Bible says, Brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do. What is, he, what is he doing? Forgetting those things which are behind and doing what? Reaching forth. Stop. That's attempt. That's making effort. Here he's what? Reaching forth. But what do you reach forth? Do you reach forth to thin air? Read the rest of the verse. Reaching forth unto what? Those things which are where? Before him or ahead of him. So here, if you, uh, here he only reaches forth. Why? Because there's something where? Ahead of him. And so here we find that when we see our high potential ahead of us, it leads us to what? If we see we can expect much, we will actually attempt much. Read verse uh, 20, uh, verse 14. What's the very first two words? I press. Stop there. What's that? That's effort. I press. I push forward. I go toward. I, what's, what's he pressing toward? When you think about running or driving somewhere, you usually drive to a destination. But you see that unless you have the destination, why are you even going to make the effort to, to what? Drive there. So when we, what we find is that understanding our value in Christ Understanding the height of that purchase, the height of our potential, gives us a great object in view. And something that is ahead of us, here we find that we reach forth unto what? Those things which are before us. Verse 14, finish the verse. I press toward what? The mark. Stop. That's a mark. That's an object. That's an aim. I press toward the mark for what? What kind of, for the, for the prize of what? What kind of calling? High calling. 
But he has to what? Toward that high calling. Press. Remember what the quote said. Many achieve little. Why? Because they attempt little. But do you know why many people attempt little? Because they expect little. And here we find that when we see that God expects much, he calls us to attempt much. So we're speaking of high standards. And one thing we find here is that the verse says, I press toward the mark, I push toward the mark for the prize of the low calling, high calling. High calling leads them to what? Press. High calling of God in who? What does the verse say? In who? What does the verse end with? In who? Christ Jesus. So this high calling is not apart from Jesus, but where? In Jesus. Why? Because I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same shall bear much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Philippians 4.13 though, I can do all things in Christ. Which strengthens me. Are you following? Now, listen to this quote. Desire of Ages, page 73, paragraph 1. Throughout his life on earth, Jesus was an earnest and a constant worker. Earnest and constant. Listen to the next part. He expected much... Therefore, guess what it's going to say? He attempted much. Let me say that again. Desire of Ages 73, paragraph 1. Jesus, throughout his life on earth, Jesus was an earnest and a constant worker. Why? He expected much. Therefore, what did he do? He attempted much. Paul says, I have what kind of calling? A high calling. So what does Paul do toward that calling? He presses toward it. So if we expect little, guess what? We will attempt little. But when we see that God expects much, it leads us to understand that we have a duty to attempt how much? Much. I hope you're following. Amen? Amen. Point number two. Once we recognize this high potential in Christ based on the high price he paid, it will lead us to put forth efforts proportionate to that potential. If that potential was high, you know, this is, for example, this is why many individuals, when they go to school, when many young people go to school and they don't make efforts at high school or at college because they don't think they have high potential. Many, many people don't put forth their efforts within them because they expect little, so they attempt little. Many people go through high school and college failing exams. Sometimes it's not even just because they are disadvantaged, but it's because they simply expect little, so they attempt little. And if you attempt little, guess how much you achieve? Little. What's our message? Think higher, reach higher, achieve higher. Think higher, reach higher, achieve higher. Many times we, you know, this is a very practical principle. Many times we, you know, relationships go wrong. And God has said, listen, I can take broken homes and make them a home with the atmosphere of heaven. But sometimes because we're not willing to attempt much, we only want to attempt little.
if we attempt little, we will achieve little. But many times we attempt little because we what? Expect a little. We're speaking about high moral standards, high standards. And one of the reasons why God can call us to high standards is because he's promised us the potential in him to reach those high standards. If you're following with me, say amen. Amen. Now, go to Acts 24, and we're going to see one reason why many times, even though we recognize that we have these high standards that God calls us to, and we're going to speak about this in a second, why God has such high standards. We're going to see that these high standards are not simply for the sake of destroying our fun. Did you know that's why, what many young people believe God does to people when they obey Him? They think that God's high standards are a restriction on their fun. They think that God, many times we think that God's high level of living is a restriction. But the last time I checked, when God said no to one tree, it's because he said yes to how many trees? A whole planet. The proportion of which God restricts is nothing to compare to what he gives you. One tree? No. A whole planet of trees? Yes. But what did Adam, what did Eve do? I don't want a whole planet, I want one. Think, like, think about it. The proportion of which God restricts is less than what God gives. And this is why we're speaking about high standards. Now, many of us may have these standards and maybe we're not living them, but brothers and sisters, this is why we must study to find that hope. Amen? Amen. We're in Acts 24, reading Acts 24, reading verses 24 and 25. Say amen when you're there. Amen. I want you to see one reason why, even though we recognize we're bought with a high price, even though we then recognize that we have high potential in Christ and that he has high standards, even though we recognize that we must attempt and ex- attempt high standards because God expects high standards, there are sometimes even situations where we are hindered by this one thing, and it's found in Acts 24. Are we there? Acts 24, verse 24, here Paul is standing. He's here before Felix, and he's been judged or he's been examined based on his behavior and on his ministry. And in Acts 24, Paul is trying to reason with Felix regarding something. Are we there in verse 24? The Bible says in verse 24, and after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewish, Jewess, he sent for Paul. And heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he what? Reason. So did Paul reason? Yes. Paul reasoned. And as he reasoned of what? Righteousness. Stop right there. What's righteousness? Psalm 119, 172. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Psalm 119, 172. God tells us. Here Paul is trying to reason with them about God's law. The rest of us, reason with them on righteousness. What else? Temperance and what else? Judgment to come. And Felix did what? Trembled and answered what? Go where? Your way. In other words, bounce. Get away from me. Get lost. Get lost. Go. Go thy way for this time. When, listen carefully to the next statement, notice what happened even though Paul presents before Felix high standards, a high calling, 
a high way of living. Notice how Felix responds to Paul. Notice what happens in verse 25. Go your way for this time. When I have what? Say the next word with me. What does the word say? Convenience. Stop there. Go your way. Why? For go thy way for this time when I have what? A convenient season. What was the reason why even though Paul presented high standards, high calling, high potential before Felix, Felix says it was not what? Convenient. What did Paul say? What did, what did Felix say? Come back when? When it's convenient. Jesus says, please, make those changes that I've told you in your dress. Well, it's not convenient. Make those changes in your diet. Well, it's not convenient. Make those changes. I've called you to these high standards. Make these changes. Leave away that worldliness. Well, it's not convenient. Put away those video games which are corrupting. It's not convenient. Stop spending time in those movie theaters which are not preparing you to increase your love for Jesus. Oh, it's not convenient. Brothers and sisters, there are so many elements to which God calls us to a higher standard. He calls us to high potential, but because it's not convenient. Why are you in that relationship with that person? Why are you unequally yoked? Why are you here? Why are you doing these things? Why are you going to those places you know God cannot bless? It's not convenient for me, God. But the high purchase, what kind of purchase will we purchase with? A high purchase. What, what heights is that? Infinite. And the infinite price paid reflects what kind of potential? Infinite potential. Why? Because Christ promises to be the infinite power to bring us up to that potential. But here we find that even though God brings us and shows us our calling, sometimes convenience becomes our hindrance. It's not convenient for me to stop working on the Sabbath. It's not convenient for me to not go and buy and sell on the Sabbath, even though Nehemiah chapter 13 verses 13 through 17 calls it an evil thing. It's not convenient for me because it means I can't hang around with that group of friends anymore. I can't do these things and watch these things. Jesus says, what kind of price did I pay for you? I paid a high price. I have a high potential, and yet you attempt little. Why? Because of one word. What's that one word? Convenience. Brothers and sisters, when God calls us to stuff, it's not convenient. I'll be honest. It's not convenient. Romans 8, 7 for the, for the carnal mind is, is not subject to the law of God. For the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The carnal nature does not like the calling of God. It does not like a high calling. It is enjoying low standards. But God has called us to what kind of calling? What kind of calling? A high calling. Christ's object lessons, write this down. Christ's object lessons. Page 331, paragraph 2. Christ's object lessons, 331, paragraph 2. Christ's object lessons, C-O-L, 331, paragraph 2. Let no one say, I cannot remedy the defects of my character. 
If you come to this decision, you will surely fail at obtaining everlasting life. The impossibility lies in your own will. If you will not, then you cannot overcome. The real difficulty lies in the corruption of an unsanctified heart and an unwillingness to submit to the control of God. Let me say that again. Christ Object Lessons 331, 331, paragraph two. Let no one say, remember, what what are we talking about? Here, Paul presents high standards to Felix, but Felix rejects and he says, go away, it's not convenient. It's not convenient for me. And here we find, as that here we find here, it says, let no one say, I cannot remedy the defects of my character. It says the impossibility lies in your will. If you will not, you cannot. And then we are told the real difficulty lies in the unsanctification, the unsanctified heart and unwillingness to submit to the will of God. What am I trying to say? One of the great reasons that we find us not reaching these standards is because even when God presents it before us, even when we know it to be right, sometimes we are just not willing because of convenience. I have a job and I have to provide for my family. And the only day I can work is Saturday. And if I give up my job, how am I going to provide for my family? It's not convenient to give that up. I'm hanging around with a group of friends and the only days they want to hang out is Friday night and go to the club. If, if I stop hanging out with them, it's not convenient for me because then who am I going to hang out with? If I'm not around, if, 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 if I stop playing these video games, if I stop going to these theaters, that's where my friends go. That's the only place we click. If I don't, it's not convenient. If I preach truth from the front, people won't like it. So let me preach smooth things. It's not convenient. Let us not preach truth because it might bring uncomfortable feelings. Uh, it's, it's not convenient. What's more important, convenience or truth? Truth. But brothers and sisters, let us understand something about why God's standards are so high. We can talk about God's high calling. We can talk about how convenience can stop us from reaching that calling. But I want to give us the hope to show us why God's standards are so high. Go to Romans 7. Romans 7, reading verse 12. Romans 7, point 3. One of the great failures of us to reach this potential. And brothers and sisters, if we speak about failure, we must speak about what? A solution. Ministry of Healing, page 363. The gospel is a wonderful simplifier of life's problems. So if we show where we fail, we must show where we can what? Solve that failure. And we're going to find solutions in Romans 7. Are we there? Romans 7, notice what we find here. Notice the view we get of God's law in Romans 7. Are we there? Romans 7, reading verse 12. Point one. Point number one was this. The high purchase, high price of our purchase as sinners, sinful beings in Christ, reflects our high what? Potential in Christ. And then we found is that when we realize what God expects, the height of our potential in God, it will lead us to actually what? 
make an attempt to reach that potential. But one of the great things that causes us to be hindered in reaching that potential is based on a word starting with C called convenience. Convenience. It's not convenient. But we're told in Education, page 57, paragraph 3, the greatest one of the world is the one of men. Men who will not be bought or sold. Men who in their inmost souls are true and honest. Men who do not fear to call sin by its right name. Men whose conscience is as true to duty as a needle to the pole. Men who will stand for the right, yea, though the heavens fall. Men and women. One time I said that quotation and a woman came up to me and said, you just said men, you just said men, woman too. It involves women and men. High calling. Then we found that convenience is this great obstacle. But what I wanted to see is why does God have such high standards? Are we in Romans 7? Romans 7, verse 12. Say amen when you're there. Amen. The Bible says there, Wherefore the law is what? Holy. And the commandment is holy and just and good. So what kind of law, what kind of commandments has God called us to keep? They are laws that are what? Holy, and remember Paul in Philippians 3, 14, I press toward the mark for the what kind of calling? High calling. So we have a high calling, a high standard, but want, notice what we find. Go to Proverbs 29, verse 18. Notice what we find here. This is powerful. Proverbs 29, 18. Notice why God's standard is high and holy. Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs 29, 18. Why does God have to be so mean and give us such high standards? Why does God have to be so mean? Proverbs 29:18. Convenience. Convenience. I remember there's a church here in Australia where there was a, a young girl that I knew who was trying to leave the ways of the world. And her own mother, she was trying to stop doing her worldly things, and her own mother was coming to her and telling her, why do you have to be so extreme? Why do you have to be so hardcore for Jesus? Why can't you just find a middle line? Can't you just be convenient for the rest of the family? Making things difficult, but she, I remember she, you know, and at, at, at the end of the day, she had to make a decision. Do I settle for convenience? Do I settle convenience even if it means that some things are going to cause you know, separation in some ways? What do I settle for, convenience or for what God has told me? Proverbs 29, are we there? What is connected to, this, to the keeping of this high and holy law? Proverbs 29, 18, are you there? Notice what the verse says. The Bible says... Where there is what? No vision, what happens? The people perish, but read the next part. But he that does what? Keepeth, stop there. What does keep mean? Obey, to follow, to follow through with, to live by. What happens when people live by something? He that keeps what? What does the verse say? But he that keepeth the law. Now stop there. Romans 7 calls it what kind of law? A holy law, a high law, a standard which is higher. But notice what happens as a result of living a high standard. He that keepeth this holy law, what happens? Happy is he. The pro- l- l- listen to me carefully. The reason why God's standards are so high 
is because he wants to give you what kind of happiness? High happiness. It just went over your head. Listen to me again. The reason why God's standards are so high is because the, the, the height, listen carefully, the height of God's standard is the height of your joy. That's why the Bible says the way of the transgressors is hard. But he that keepeth the law, what? Happy is he. Psalm 119, go there with me. Psalm 119, 165. Psalm 119, 165. One of the great reasons, listen to me carefully, one of the great reasons why God's standards are so high is because the happiness which comes as a result of keeping that standard is also, what? High. Let me say that again. If God's law is a high law to keep, right? His righteousness is very high. Very deep. But what we find is that connected to a life in obedience to that law is also what? Happiness. So one of the great reasons why God calls us to have these high standards and he has shown us we have high potential is not to kill our buzz. Oh, God says, I can't go here anymore. He's going to kill my fun. God says, I can't. No, God wants us to understand that we must not look upon his law and his requirements as being a restriction to our joy. Because the verse just said, he that keepeth the law is what? Happy. Notice what we find in Psalm 119, 165. Are we there? Notice what else is bound up with a love for God's law. Bible says in Psalm 119, 165, great what? Peace. Stop there. Do you think that this is, a, this is something that the world lacks? Yes. Jesus says, the peace that I give, the peace that I leave, is not the peace which what? The world gives. The peace that the world gives is a peace of compromise and let's just come together and join ecumenically and forget about doctrine and don't worry about truth. Don't worry about the Bible. Let's just, God will sort that up in heaven. That's the kind of peace the world calls for. God says, Isaiah 26, 3, thou will keep him in what kind of peace? Perfect peace. Who's what? Mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. God says another thing, listen, read the rest of the verse. Great peace have they which love what? Your law. Bound up with loving God's law is not just happiness, but what? Peace. Why does God give high standards? Because he wants to give us what kind of peace? High peace. Go to Psalm 37, reading verse 31. Psalm 37, reading verse 31, and then we're going to wrap this up and to show us, we're going to finish off by seeing how God wants to lift us to these standards, amen? Because it's all well and good to talk about these great standards and how God has a high calling, but what can bring us to the point, what can enable us, where can we find power to actually reach these standards? Because brothers and sisters, let's be honest. There are many standards that we have and truths that we know. And I'll be honest, that we are not living from the least to the greatest. We can be honest. But what I want us to see is today is that God says, listen, I can bring you up to that standard. Amen? I can do how many things through Christ? Some? All. And that includes reaching these standards. Now, we're in, where are we? Psalm 30. 7, reading verse 31. Are we there? One last point before we, before we finish off. 
Psalm 37, 31, the Bible says, the law of his God is where? In his heart. And what happens as a result of the law being in his heart? What happens? And none of his steps will what? Slide. Not only do we find God giving high standards for high um, happiness, not only do we find God giving high standards for high peace, but we also find God giving us high standards in his law for a high life where we, uh, none of our steps will slide. How many times have we made decisions without God and our steps have what? Have slidden. Our steps slide. If you're following with me, say amen. Amen. Listen to this quote. Faith I live by. Praise God for the spirit of prophecy. One amen. Two, four, four. Come on, man. This is a Seventh-day Adventist church. Yeah? Am I in the right church? Yeah, okay. Just, just checking. Faith I live by, page 84, paragraph 6. Listen to this quote. The law of the Ten Commandments is not to be looked upon as much from the prohibitory side as from the mercy side. Do you know how many times we think about God's law, we think about it as restrictions? Listen to the quote again. Faith I live by, page 84, paragraph 6. The law of God's Ten Commandments is not, why do you think she says not? Because that's how many people look on it. Is not to be looked upon as much from the prohibitory side or the side of restrictions as from the mercy side. It's, it's, it's prohibitions, or in other words, the things it restricts us from doing is a, listen carefully, is a sure guarantee. What did I say? Sure guarantee of happiness and obedience. Let me say it one more time. Faith I live by, page 84, paragraph 6. The law of Ten Commandments is not to be looked upon as much from the prohibitory side as from the mercy side. Its prohibitions are the sure guarantee. How sure can you get then sure? Sure. Sure guarantee of happiness. Why? He that keepeth the law, what? Happy is he. Now, go to Ephesians 4, read verse 32. We're finishing off with a few more verses. A few more verses. Ephesians 4, 32. If God has given us these standards, surely he can't leave us to try to reach these standards on our own. Amen? Amen. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. For we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as what kind of rags? Filthy rags. There is none righteous, no, not one. But 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, what? The righteous. What we need to understand is that, yes, Christ prayed a high purchase. Amen? Yes, Christ has high potential. And yes, we must labor with Christ and attempt this high potential and not allow convenience to hinder us. But what we must understand is that without the enabling grace and power of Christ, we will never reach this high standard. Never. Doesn't matter how much food, vegan food you eat. That doesn't answer you. These are things we do because we love who? Christ. Notice what we find. Ephesians 4, are we there? 
Notice what we find about this. Notice why this is, this is why when we try this, we are an attempting an impossibility. Ephesians 4, 32. Are we there? Verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath what? Given, forgiven you. So God calls us to forgive others and be kind. Why? Because who forgave? Who? God. So who is our pattern in forgiveness according to that verse? God. But God is, God, is, God, God is what? Divine. So here we have a divine standard imposed on mortals. So how can God expect divine standards on mortals? Did you just hear what I said? It is a divine pattern. So what I'm trying to say is, how can God give us such high standards, such divine standards on sinful mortals? We're going to finish in Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 verse 11. I think I stole Sharissa's verse. Isaiah 55, I think this is the verse she fin- uh, one of the verses she used yesterday, last night. But Isaiah 55, 11. Isaiah 55, 11, as we close. Do you understand what, I did, what, what we just read? God called us to a divine calling, a divine standard. But this is interesting. God calls, us a, calls a divine standard on sinful people. God is what? Divine, eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, omnibenevolent, and he calls divine standards, high standards on mortals. How? Isaiah 55, are we there? Verse 11. So shall, Isaiah 55, I wait till you get there. Are we there? Amen. We all know the verse that says, for it is who that works in you? God that worketh where? In you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Isaiah 55, 11. The Bible says, so shall my what? Word be that what? Goes forth out of where? My mouth. What is the, what's the very next word? It. Stop there. What's the it? The word. That's right. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It. The it is the word. Shall not return unto me void, but it. What's the it? The word shall, shall what? Shall accomplish what? That which I please. And it. What's the it? The word shall what? Prosper in the thing whereto I Sent it. So when God speaks a command, what performs that command? His word. You missed it. You totally missed it. Listen to what I just, when God gives a command, what performs the command? The thing he told to do the command or the command itself? The command itself. Mm, you missed it. Listen to that. What's the it? The word. And so what accomplishes the thing that God says? The it's, the word. So the power that, so when God gives a high call, a high command, the power to reach the command is in the command itself. Mm. Exodus chapter 20 verse 1, the Bible says, we're not going to go there, but listen. What's found in Exodus 20, Seventh-day Adventists? Commandments. Listen to this. Exodus 20, verse 1. I've got two minutes, 52. Listen to this. Exodus 20, verse 1. The Bible says, And God spake all these words. What did I say? All these 
words, but what did we find in Isaiah 55 accomplishes the thing? The word. So when God spoke the words in Exodus 20, we call it the 10 commandments. Please follow with me. I haven't got much time. So when God spoke these words, where is the power to perform those words? In the word itself. So the high standard, the high law, the high moral code that God has called us to, the power to reach that command and that standard is in the command itself, if we have faith. I'm finishing on this quote. Christ's object lessons, page 333, paragraph one. Write this down. Powerful. Christ's object lessons, 333, paragraph one. Listen to this. As the will of man cooperates with the will of God... It becomes omnipotent. Whatever, listen, what, what, did I, what did I say? Whatever. What does whatever mean? Everything. Whatever is to be done at whose command? His command may be accomplished in his strength. One amen. Are you awake? Do you hear what the, listen to that. Listen to that again. As the will of man cooperates with the will of God, it becomes omnipotent, all-powerful. Why? Because the will you have aligned yourself with is all-powerful. And whatever is to be done at his command may be accomplished in his strength. Because the strength to accomplish the command is where? In the command. How much better could God be? To put the power to reach that standard, the power to reach those commandments is in the command itself. Mm, God is good. Have you understood the message today? The message was think higher, reach higher, achieve higher. Christ paid a high purchase to tell us we have what kind of potential? High potential. And we see that we need to understand we have high potential so that we can not only attempt little, but how much? much. And many times we achieve much because we attempt how much? We must attempt much. But we see that sometimes what gets in the way? Convenience. But we found that God gives us high standards for what kind of happiness? High happiness. High standards for what kind of joy? High joy. And high standards for what kind of peace? High peace. And the power to achieve that is found where? In the Word itself. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to study your word. Thank you for giving us the power to achieve these high standards if we have faith in your word. Thank you that you have given us such a bulletproof and airtight, a sure word that we can trust in. Hebrews 4.2 tells us that many times we do not benefit from your words because it's not mixed with faith in those that hear. And so, Father, we pray that you might give us faith. Lord, we believe. Help thou our unbelief. Father, help us to live up to these standards, for we know that no man can live divine standards without him who is divine. Fill us with your Holy Spirit now, we pray. In Jesus' name, let everyone say, Amen. This has been 3ABN On The Road. If you have any questions or comments in relation to today's program, you can call 3ABN Australia within Australia on 024973 3456 
or from outside of Australia on country code 612-4973-3456. Our email address is radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au.
Wonderful Words of Life by the Cadet Sisters. And before that, Henry Higgins played Come Thou Fount. <laughs> 